Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, perfect will. For by the grace given me, I, Paul, say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So Paul has come now to this point in the book of Romans. But let's just go back over Romans. We've been reading through it now for for several months. And think I'm thinking back to the first chapter of Romans when Paul is excited that the gospel is God's power to save all who believe. It reveals how God puts people right with himself. This is exceptionally good news. God has done something wonderful for us through his Son, Jesus. Yes, Paul tells us how everyone who has sinned is far away from God's saving presence and yet, by the free gift of God's grace, all are put right with him through Christ Jesus who sets them free. I'm excited, says Paul. God lavishes on us so much love, even though we are helplessly lost in sin. In chapter 5 he writes, God has shown us how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. Enthusiastically then Paul tells us how we become one with Jesus in his death and resurrection through baptism and how we shall be raised from death just as he was. And Paul goes on to say that even the worst things that can possibly happen to us will not stop God loving us. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul also highlights that all are created in God's image. Christ died for all people. Christ calls all people. The word of God embraces people from all nations, tribes. Everybody comes together around the word of God 
and the overflowing grace of Jesus. Now, Paul starts chapter 12 with so then or therefore. When therefore is used, you have to ask what it's there for. And you can bet the writer is saying that what he has told you previously has some consequences. Paul wants the kindness of God, the overflowing grace of God that he has talked about in the previous chapters of the book of Romans. He wants this grace, this kindness of God to motivate and shape the way that we, the followers of Jesus, live our lives. Paul urges them and us, those Christians in Romans and us today, in view of God's mercy, offer, let's offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Offer everything that you are, all that you think or feel. Offer it all to God. Notice how Paul talks about sacrifice. Sacrifices were made at temples, the temple in Jerusalem, for example, or the temple to different gods in Rome. But now Paul says something different about sacrifices and worship. God's people, their lives, they are sacrifices. And not just in the temple in Jerusalem or the temples in Rome. Worship becomes mobile and happens right there where Christians live and work and bring up families and go to school. Paul knew that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ put an end to all temple sacrifices. Now believers in Jesus are themselves sacrifices, living sacrifices, as they pour out their lives in service to others. As Paul looks at the people in Rome, he sees that they are the body of Christ at work in the world. And Paul begins to see gifts of the Spirit poured out upon the people. Prophecy, service, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, showing mercy. Not only does God freely forgive all sins, but he also freely gives gifts so that people have a purpose and a place in serving God and serving others. The trouble with God's people is, that's you. Often you don't see that God wants to work through you, to use you to serve him in the world. Ask a fellow Christian how God works among his people and see what they say. Often they will point to the service of others rather than acknowledge God's work through their lives. For example, some will point to the pastor of the congregation, of the church. He is God's servant, the one who called, who is called. Of course, that's right. But God's work is not limited to the pastor. Give it some more thought and you may name a few other members that you know, old members, faithful members, those who have gone before us, how God worked through them among his people. But do we only see this very small group of very few people that we speak of as God's servants? Often, our vision is nowhere near the inclusive, all-embracing vision that Paul has. Paul looks at the church in Rome. Now in Paul's day, those Christians would not have looked like 
anyone or anything spectacular to the world around them. Not many of them were rich. Not many of them were powerful. They gathered together in small house churches. And yet, as Paul looks at these people, he sees that they can be something special. Yes, something spectacular even. You see, God does more than work in the lives of others. He works in your life for others in this world. This is why Paul starts to name gifts, actions such as teaching, service, encouraging others, giving, showing mercy. His list is not complete. It's only suggestive. And don't worry that you're not like others. Don't worry that others are not like you. Rejoice in God's creative diversity, for what would happen if we were all the same? This is why Paul lists different gifts and encourages us to appreciate them all for serving God in serving others. There's a monument in east, in the east of London at a place called Three Mills Green, and it's a sculpture of two hands joined together. Over a hundred years ago, Thomas Pickett was working in a well in that area. He was overcome by gas, carbon dioxide, that had gathered in the well. Godfrey Nicholson went into the well and reached out his hand to help him. But he was overcome by the gas too. And then he was followed by Frederick Elliot and then Robert Underhill. Each of them, one after the other, offering a hand to help those in trouble in that well. Each of them entered the well, reaching out their hand to help. But all were overcome by gas and died, poisoned by the gas in the well. To remember these men and their self-sacrificial service, a memorial was erected. Two hands joined together representing their self-sacrificial service. Now if you were to go to London like many tourists, it would be easy to miss this monument. After all, London is filled with so many glorious sights to see the crown jewels big ben buckingham palace the changing of the guard but there in east london at three mills green stands a very humble monument a memory of people ordinary people who offered their lives in acts of self-sacrificial love This place does not gather many crowds and it does not inspire tours but it does recall the way God works in the world through the lives of everyday people. This is how God's hand reaches into the world, into our world. So Paul lists several things in these verses that are easily overlooked as gifts from the Lord. We readily recognize the more visible gifts such as prophecy, preaching, teaching, leadership. However, just as important are the gifts like encouragement, generosity and showing mercy to one another. 
If you are good at serving, serve with your whole heart. If you are good at visiting and comforting people, do it. Bring them peace. If you have been blessed with possessions, be generous, not stingy. If you are good with acts of mercy, do it with cheerfulness. What this monument does in East London, Paul does with his words in this letter as he comes to chapter 12. Paul wants God's grace, this kindness of God, to motivate and shape the way we live our lives. You have been joined to the body of Christ, made part of his people by his love, his acceptance of you, his grace. And Paul now invites you, in view of God's mercies, to be transformed for service, to live by giving rather than gaining, to live by service rather than selfishness. After all, we are the body of Christ and our lives are to be monuments in this world of his self-sacrificial love to us. Yes, these are Paul's words to us this week. These are Paul's words to us. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.